Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When someone says you have to comply with the bridezilla, well, malicious compliance can go a long way. We'll get to that story in a bit, but first, just call IT. A little backstory. I had a friend who worked as a processor for a small mortgage company, small in that they had around 15 offices scattered throughout North Carolina. She found another job and put in her two weeks notice. The person they hired to replace her quit two days before her two weeks were up, so her office was in a bind. In walks me. My friend told her boss that she knew someone who could do the job and that since she was friends with this person, she would be willing to train her after hours and on weekends, plus if possible take calls during the week. That take calls during the week is important, so I was hired. The manager wasn't too happy about it as I had no actual experience in an office setting, just college knowledge, but as long as my friend would help me she said okay. But because of this, whenever I would ask my boss a question, she would immediately get upset and tell me to call my friend. Even for simple things like, where do we keep the stamps? Please keep in mind that this was the early 90s and all our computer systems were DOS-based and quite difficult to master. The number one mortgage software at the time was a system called Contour, which was pretty non-user friendly for such a costly program. I was trained that if an issue came up, I was to fix it myself and not to contact Contour. I was given a list of common errors and how to fix them. I'm on my fourth day and an error pops up on the screen that I'd never seen before and is not on my list. It states that I'm to call this 800 number and speak with a Contour technician to help clear it. I immediately call my friend but she's not available right then as she's going through her own training. So I go to my boss. She tells me to call my friend. I tell her I tried but she can't talk right now. She gets mad and starts swearing that she knew hiring me was a bad idea. I asked if there was anyone else I could call, and she said, just call IT. I reiterated to her that I was told not to call Contour. She says, call IT. So I did. The Contour technician was a sweetheart and walked me through how to fix the problem. To help in the future, the technician asked me to print a diagnostic page and fax it to him so he could see if there were any other problems, being as I was new to the system. So I did. He thanked me and told me he didn't see any other issues, but to call him if I had any more problems. Cue the next day, my boss called me into her office and was livid. According to her, I just caused the company to have to pay 30000 in licensing fees. It appeared the company had only bought four copies of the Contour program, but had installed it in way over four computers. My faxing the diagnostic page let the cat out of the bag. But since she told me to call IT, and the fact that firing me for exposing the company doing something illegal would also be illegal, all she could do was rage at me. She then called my friend and raged at her. From then on out, I refused to call my friend if I had any questions and just bugged my boss. She never did fire me, and towards the end we became, if not friends, not enemies, until the company closed under mysterious circumstances a few years later. 
I mean, to be honest, I kind of get it. You know, these fees are crazy expensive. You want to try to avoid racking up extra fees if you can, but, you know, it's kind of an illegal practice. At some point, it was almost inevitable that a cat is going to be let out of the bag when you have a software that you need help figuring out. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, No Work is Best Work. This is an older story I hope I haven't posted before. I was working at Widgets International in their order entry department. Widgets would come in for repair. I would type them up and move them along. One step in my process required me to flag for quality review any repair that had a significant enough complaint. This is a step I rarely followed. Why, you may ask? In my first month working there, I flagged maybe three orders out of several thousand. I was told that I was flagging too many. Turns out that quality review screens and pre-flags all the repairs they want to look at before they even come across my desk. My flagging orders was a waste of time. My time, if the order was already flagged, and quality review's time, if I flagged an order, they'd already determined they didn't need to see. So I stopped. Then we got a new manager, Portia. Portia was hot to make her mark on our team, so she reviewed our process and decided that we should be more active in flagging orders for quality review. I explained to her what I explained to you in the previous paragraph, that there was no point in flagging anything. Portia refused to believe me and insisted that we follow the process. Sigh, okay boomer, so we started flagging more orders. Two weeks later, Portia tells us that the quality review team has come to her in a panic because of all the orders we were sending to them and could we please stop sending so many. I go back to not flagging anything and everything goes back to normal. Portia's happy that she made an impact and quality review and I are happy to dispense with the extra work Portia created. A couple years later, we get a new manager, Crabhead Stanley. Stanley was brought in because the team had recently expanded. We went through the same song and dance with Stanley that we'd gone through with Portia. Stanley wanted us to flag more orders for quality review. The new team members nodded fearfully and went along with it. Stanley was not a pleasant man. We senior team members rolled our eyes, agreed, and started making bets on how long it would last this time. I bet a week but continued on my merry way, not flagging orders. A week later, called it, Stanley tells us that the quality review team has come to him in a panic because of all the orders we were sending to them and asked us to stop sending so many. With the information from the QR team, Stanley singles me out. He tells my team, Squid is the only one who isn't flagging too many orders. The rest of you should be like Squid. No work is best work. You could see this one coming from a mile away. Either way though, I would say, if I'm told, hey, don't do anything, I'd be like, aye aye, captain. Our next story is, approve the order? Okay, boss. A couple of years ago, before I joined Reddit, I worked front desk at a print and marketing shop, receiving orders from customers and processing them to be ready to print. A woman came in while we were rather busy, and we'll call her fortunate for the eventual play on words. One of the ways I normally handle this is handing order forms to waiting customers to fill out their contact info while they wait. This woman was strange. She filled out the order form, but waited until all customers were out of the store before she came to the counter. She handed a USB to me and the order form. To my surprise, the order form was already all filled out, from the quantity of pages, type of paper, binding options, laminated pages, 
To say she wanted everything but the kitchen sink would be an understatement, as this was easily a $100 order for what appeared to be a single copy of a 23-page book. The file was even PDF format already, so essentially print ready. However, Fortunate then gave me a cryptic request as I plugged the USB in. Could you please complete the order without looking at it? Now, while some would immediately call this a red flag, for me it's just another Tuesday evening. It's not uncommon for people in relationships to get specialized calendars or photo prints done of, uh, let's call them distasteful nudes, not raunchy stuff, but straddling that border. Holiday calendars and Valentine's Day photo books have desensitized me to that stuff. Unfortunately, I have to open the file to make sure everything's formatted correctly. Even then, as the finishing work gets done, people will have to look at it. I do offer to her, however, that if she's concerned about many people seeing it, I could do it myself and ensure only I look at it to minimize eyes. Alternatively, she could also do it in the self-serve section and forego the finishing. Fortunate gets flustered at this point and, without saying a word, gets up and leaves. I called to tell her that she left her USB, but she just left and told me to destroy it. Okay, now I'm curious. I plugged in the USB. And there was one file, doc1.pdf. I opened the file, and while I don't remember exactly what I was expecting, it wasn't this. Your husband is cheating on you with me. In custom font, with a picture of a guy naked on a bed and, who I assume, is fortunate beside him. Fortunate was a mistress fortunate. Her face was expertly blurred out. This was clearly a graphic designer. The document was short and to the point, one sentence in big custom font on each page. It explained who Fortunate was and that she had no idea that the husband, who will be named Jerk, was married as they were dating, pictures and everything. She explained that she wanted to keep her identity a secret to protect herself, but felt the wife needed to know the moment she learned of her. Okay, well that's a story that isn't over yet. Later that day, I was processing orders from our online system. This basically involves opening files, skimming through them, making them print ready, and then approving them for production. I didn't expect much, until suddenly I opened a file called doc1.pdf and saw the following. Your husband is cheating on you with me. Yep, Mistress Fortunate put through the order on our online system, but something was off. Fortunate had a very unique name, but this name was Mary. Not real name, duh. The phone number and address were also different. She didn't. I immediately brought this to my manager's attention. While I currently have the best boss ever, my first boss was not so good. We'll call her Karen. I told Karen what I thought was going on and said I was uncomfortable approving this order. Karen took the USB and looked the file over. She then asked me if it went against any of our big no's. Basically anything illegal, copyrighted stuff, sheet music, or original art not signed off by the artist. I said no, but explained that I didn't think the customer listed on the contact info was the customer. They said, if it doesn't go against our policies, we have to produce it. Okay, you're the boss. I'm pretty sure she was only seeing dollar signs for minimum work, but whatever. I pushed the job through to production, though add a note under it saying, under instruction of Karen, to cover my own butt. The night shift manager, who is now my current manager, let's call him D, messaged me about the job as it was pushed to them due to the amount of finishing it needed, and I told them the story behind it. 
D told me that I should not have to deal with the fallout and told me to take the next two days personal time off and he'll make sure to reimburse that time. I gladly did. The fallout, obviously this is secondhand information, but things got heated. When my replacement called Mistress Fortunate, the next to tell her her order was ready, the person on the other side was confused. She didn't place an order. My coworker insisted she come to pick it up. A few hours later, a person who was not Mistress Fortunate came in to pick up the order, Mary. I don't remember the exact way it was described to me, it was in sports lingo, but it translated to, she didn't even open the book. She saw the cover page, threw the book at me and marched out the door. There then proceeded a fight in the parking lot between Mary and Jerk. Mary eventually took the keys to the car and left Jerk out on the sidewalk. Jerk then came into the print shop and started blaming everyone in there for ruining his life. A brochure display was smashed on a self-serve printer, breaking the display and cracking the printer casing. Fortunately, still functional, those things are like Nokia phones. Cops were called, but Jerk was gone by the time they arrived. Karen tried to throw me and the night crew under the bus for the incident. We had a meeting with HR where Karen screwed up and the HR rep had a brain. HR said, well, technically it's not his fault for approving the order. How was he supposed to know it wasn't her? Karen said, because he told me he knew it was her. HR said, wait, so he brought this to your attention and you still had him approve the order. Points out the note I placed on the order. Karen opens mouth, inserts foot. Come to think about it, I think this started the downfall of Karen as my manager. But I didn't have anything to do with that story, so I'll leave it to the ones who led that coup against her. Why did the story come up years after it happened? Well, my boss was going through files on Karen's old computer, and he found a file named doc1.pdf. Let's be honest, if a customer came into your shop, handed you a USB and said, hey, can you do this without looking at it, then left in a fluster and just said, destroy the USB, would you not look at what was on it? I mean, the temptation would be so immense, wouldn't it? Our next story is, Friday is my last day, if you insist. A little background. I work in the film slash TV industry. At the time of the story, I was working an entry-level position called Production Assistant, PA for short, on a failing TV show. My duties included office upkeep, stocking the kitchen, research for co-workers, various paperwork, picking up supplies from vendors, and picking up lunch for everyone in the department, among a long list of other tasks. Now, I really liked my immediate boss, coordinator number one. The two of us had a system to keep the office running, and we were starting to become friends. The problem? Our department head was a sexist and racist jerk. At the height of the hashtag MeToo movement, I might add. After one too many demeaning darlings, winks, sneaking his girlfriend into the office, and flipping through Tinder on company time, coordinator number one reported into the higher-ups. But in typical Hollywood fashion, they gave him a gentle slap on the wrist and sent him back to the department. So coordinator number one left the show in disgust. Enter coordinator number two. I knew number two and I wouldn't get along. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Long immediately, she had been fired from her previous TV show for attitude problems. On her first day, she chewed me out for, I kid you not, hanging the actor photos 11 inches too low on the wall. It only got worse from there. This woman sucked up to the creepy department head, found faults with everyone around her, and loved power trips. She quickly made herself a nuisance to everyone in the department, but creepy department head was too busy with Tinder to do anything. Between her constant berating, treating me like I was stupid, and unprofessional rudeness, she made my life a living heck. The final straw came when she screamed at me in front of the entire department for a small mistake. I almost packed my bag and walked out right there. In hindsight, I should have. But she told me I'd be replaced at the end of the month, so I thought I'd hang in there and collect a paycheck while I could. From then on, I counted down the days and made no attempt to hide my misery. The thing is, the TV show had barely started filming and we were already severely behind schedule. The poor construction department was building sets 24-7 and the first episode was supposed to air in the next few weeks. For everyone in our department, this meant extremely long hours and working six days a week. Not my problem. I was leaving soon. Number two reminded me on the last week, Friday is her last day. It ended up being a heck of a week. More long hours and running behind schedule. The department would need to work another Saturday. Well, Friday came and I gleefully counted down the hours. At the end of the day, number two realized her mistake. She hustled over to me on my way out the door. Can you work Saturday? Cue malicious compliance. Nope, you said Friday's my last day. That's when she got huffy. I'm trying to get you some extra money. Giving up one day of my measly PA paycheck was well worth the look on her face when I said, no thanks, Friday is my last day, bye and walked out to happily never see her again. I took on a job on a much better TV show a few weeks later with the nicest crew. To this day, I've worked on lots of other shows, and I always warn my coworkers not to ever work with her. Turns out she had quite the bad reputation around town, even without my help. The fallout after I left? Now that there was no PA working Saturday, number two had no choice but to do both her job and mine. Years later, I'm now a coordinator, and I can tell you it's a job that keeps you busy. There's no way I'd be able to get anything done without the help of my amazing PAs. So it gives me extreme satisfaction to know that she had to get off her high horse, halt her very important emails, TM, and go get everyone lunch and snackies until my replacement was found. I never get tired of hearing about any story where somebody is so eager to get rid of you that they don't consider the ramifications of who's going to pick up the slack when they get rid of you. You love hearing these stories where these people screw themselves into having to roll up their own sleeves and get to the dirty work. Our next story is, you shall not move the printer. 
This isn't an epic tale, but it still makes me smile when I think about it. Some years ago, I worked in a store that deals with security devices, CCTV, alarms, home automation and stuff. It was part of a larger chain. The HQ was in a town some five hours drive away, and the chain itself was set up in a way that the store manager was in most cases on a business-to-business contract with the store chain. My store was a bit different because the guy that hired me was in charge of two stores, ours, the smaller one, and another one in his hometown about an hour and a half drive away. That meant I wasn't directly connected with the chain management structure. This will have consequence later. Now, the store I was working in was managed by a girl, let's call her Barb. That's, and it's important, about 5 feet 7. What she lacked in height, she made up with character. When she knew something was dumb, she pointed it out loud and direct. If it happened to be a manager or director in the chain company, well crap, he gets blasted in the face both barrels. She was great at her job though and I liked working with her. She showed some restraint towards customers, but when a Karen showed up, well, we didn't get many Karens in our store. Our manager was also a great guy that always stood up for us and since he was our employer, he was the buffer between us and the higher-ups. Our store, on the other hand, was the smallest in size from all of the nearly 40 stores across the country in size. Like, literally 40 square meters. Like, 450 square feet. Including basement storage. But since we often got results rivaling stores twice our size and cities three times bigger, we finally got to move to a larger place. We were happy about it for two reasons. One, the new place was three times bigger and on one level, and two, it had air conditioning. Our old place barely had any ventilation. When the move was finally approved, we, per the chain company request, needed to get it done in two days. So day one, we pack all our stock, our stuff, PCs, register, documents, etc. in boxes, dismantle the furniture that could be dismantled, and book a van to move all this stuff to the new place. On day two, we move with the support of our manager and three guys from the chain, two of whom were on the company's board. The company was kind of weird in this way. Their job, along with helping with manual labor, was to make sure everything goes smooth and take inventory. Day one took about 12 hours. On day two, we started at 8am and got everything moving. It was dark out when we finally got everything set up, after about 12 or 13 hours of work. At this point, we had all of the front-end customer ready with minor details to go, one of them being where the printer will go. We, me and Barb, wanted it behind our back on a low shelf, easy access. Enter Bob, nearly 6 feet 5 tall, bulky, bald dude, senior manager and member of the board of the chain company. He argues that the printer should go below the desks. We had two large desks making a counter that spanned nearly the width of the store, leaving only a small gap that we used to get to the front of the store so the customers won't see it. We noted that the place that he wanted the printer in was taken by the trays for all the invoices and other documents we produce in excess on a daily basis. You can take the paper to the back, Bob says. After every printout? You serious? Bard replies. Ever seen a miniature pincher barking up a Doberman? It looked something like this, only the Doberman was as angry as the pincher. They were on each other's throats for a good 10 to 15 minutes. Everyone else was dead tired after what was essentially a full 12 hours of manual labor. This is when my tired mind got the best of me and I said, Barb, just let it go. We do it his way and when they leave tomorrow, 
we'll set it our way. I only realized that I said it out loud when it became dead quiet and everyone stared at me. Bob was pissed. Now I'm tall myself, six foot three, but still only a lowly salesman, and I just basically told the board member to suck it. Barb looked at me and then at Bob and finally at our boss. The moment when our boss says, see, you have no power here, just leave it, was the moment I realized I was holding my breath. Bob sighed loudly and told us to do whatever, which we did. When I left the company some three years later, I got tired of retail but still remained on good terms with the company. The printer was in the same spot I put it on that day. No one from the chain dared to move it. All I can say is, if I walk into a store, you know what I'm going to look at and not think anything of? A printer. Or paperwork. I don't care. I just don't even understand why this was such an argument. Is this some, like, wealthy, fine establishment where things have to be hidden, concealed behind a wall that magically spits the paper out so nobody can see anything? This next story is, security tells me no. Okay, it's no. I work for a subsidiary of a Fortune 500 as a manager of a dev team. I have seven people under me. Think L3 people, very knowledgeable and driven to solve issues. We're all remote. I'm lucky my team is mostly great and we achieve the objectives we're given. One day, the new security manager decides that devs are not allowed to be administrators of their laptops. He writes a new company policy for it. It's a crap show for us. It means my team can't work on some applications that require administrative rights. Also, as devs know, some bugs need my guys to install, deinstall, reinstall the applications many times to make it work, changing only a few parameters each time. So I try to push back saying it might impact our service level agreements, but the security manager doesn't want to understand and just sends me emails with NO in bold and caps. His boss is AFK for health reasons, so I can't escalate as I would have. The only way to make my guys work is that we need someone with the admin rights to unlock them when they need it. That admin is part of the support center, so cue malicious compliance. I ask my team to create a ticket each time. They're not happy about it, of course. The support center manager isn't happy either because we create a lot of tickets, and his team has been understaffed for a while. I also tell all the other managers in my department to do the same, and even though they create a lot less tickets than my team, it helps. Of course, this is my plan. If my team is unhappy, other people in the company are going to be too. So pressure piles up. The support center manager is unhappy, his boss saw the numbers increases too, so he's unhappy too. He talks to my boss, but hey, I have emails from the security manager. The support center manager asks me to be reasonable and asks for a number of hours per week. I'm a team player of course, so yes, I want to help him. I ask for 20 hours a week for a guy from his team to sit around waiting for my team to need him, unlock their install, and then wait some more. I'm guessing the admin is pretty happy about it because it's way less pressure than his normal job and there's not much to do but type in an admin password once in a while. It helps reduce, or not increase, the number of tickets. But the support center has less people, so they resolve less tickets than before. Then comes the climax. One application has a critical bug outside of the hours of the support center guy. So I tell them, as per my agreement with the support center manager and obeying the security manager, my team can't work on it yet. We'll have to wait till the next day. It's a healthcare product, so it means a lot of our customers are going to be upset about it. 
Can't say too much, I don't want to be found. Of course, I'm a reasonable guy. The support center manager is too. So we find someone with admin rights and put my guys to work. The resolution of the ticket takes much longer than usual to solve because of all the back and forth between the admin and my team. During the post-mortem, it's found that the new security policy was the main delaying cause. Every member of my team told the post-mortem woman that, as I did. I have all the emails I sent to the security manager highlighting the risks of this new policy and him saying he didn't care for it. I sent that to the post-mortem woman and let her find her way in the politics. Three months later, the security manager doesn't work for us anymore, and most members of my team, but not all, have admin rights on their machine. I learned that the support center manager has made his mission in life to complain about the security manager to everyone who would listen and have him fired. And the support center manager knows a lot of people in the company. His director agreed with him and with the postmortem woman, or her boss, not sure at that point. They convinced the VP to fire the security manager even before the security director came back from his health issue. This is 100% one of those situations where they have a very stupid regulation and you just allow it to fail on your own and honestly like if you can, make sure you get whatever you can in writing if you're like being forced down that road. Sometimes it's nice to know that something's going to fail, being able to turn your brain off and say, not my responsibility but alright. Our next story is, comply with bridezilla or leave? Okay. My friend, Gemma, tells me about how she and an entire group of bridesmaids left a wedding after their friend dared them to. So this all happened a few weeks ago. A longtime friend of Gemma's group was getting married in another state, but the day of the wedding, she suddenly had a problem with one girl who wore glasses, which she didn't have an issue with beforehand. The glasses girl told her she wouldn't wear them during the vows and pictures, but the bridezilla didn't want her wearing them at all and was screaming at her to not put them on for the rest of the day. Obviously, she couldn't do that since she needs to see. The argument got more heated until bridezilla gave her the ultimatum to take them off and keep them off or leave. This is when Gemma and the other bridesmaids stepped in, told bridezilla she was out of line, and that they would all leave if she forced the girl with the glasses to leave. Bridezilla called their bluff, and being maids of honor, the bridesmaids left the wedding and decided to celebrate and eat at a restaurant before they head back home. Bridezilla called them several times after they left, telling them that she didn't care about the glasses anymore, and begged them to come back to the venue. But they not only refused, but also chose to end the friendship with her altogether. Gemma said that the wedding proceeded as follows just minus the bridesmaids and a few awkward stares because everyone heard the bridezilla's screaming from earlier. Gemma told me that the bridezilla has always been like this, throwing a tantrum when she doesn't get her way, and that the meltdown of the wedding was just the last straw for them. Personally, I think she's got a monk's patience as she put up with her for that long. Honestly, it probably sounds kind of fun for all these bridesmaids to just group up, go somewhere else, and have a night of it. Better than being yelled at and screamed at for Bridezilla, especially when you're just trying to wear your glasses because you want to see. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.